Dedu from the Windy City. This is the Rorschach Nigeria update from April 27, 2023. Here's a quick summary of what's going down in Nigeria. Now we're starting the week with some reassurances for Nigerian students who are trapped in the Sudan War. Abike Dabiri Arewa, chairperson of the Nigerians of the Diaspora Commission, best known as NIDCOM, said that the federal government has asked for a safe corridor for the evacuation of Nigerian students. And on Monday the 24th, in an interview with BBC Africa, Dabiri Arewa said that the evacuation of the students would begin on Tuesday the 25th. But it began on the 27th. She said that the students would be transported by buses onto the borders of Egypt before being airlifted to Nigeria because it's nearly impossible for flights to operate in Sudan since the international airport has been closed. The NITCOM bus said that the process had been delayed because the federal government had yet to hear from Sudan's army and the rapid support forces for a safe passage was hopeful that their request would be granted. Now, she asked Nigerian students to remain indoors and said that the government would keep in touch through the Nigerian mission in Sudan in case of any updates. Still on the evacuation subject, Alan Onyema, the chairman of Airpeace, said that the airline is willing to evacuate Nigerians stranded in war-torn Sudan for free. He said that if Nigerians in the Northeast African region could be moved to a neighboring country, the airline would fly there and evacuate them. He said it would be a privilege to help and that his actions are born out of duty to serve the country. Now recall that Airpeace had also helped to transport Nigerians in South Africa back home during the xenophobic attacks. Moving on, Abubakar Malami, Minister of Justice, and Zainab Ahmed, the Minister of Finance, have been summoned to face the House of Representatives over an alleged payment of $200 million to two companies for consultancy service. Mark Gabilla is the chairman of the committee investigating the alleged loss of over $2 billion in revenue from the illegal sale of 48 million barrels of crude oil. He said the House received reports that Malami, who is also the Attorney General of the Federation, received funds outside the country but did not remit them to the Federation account. The Minister of Finance, on the other hand, is facing accusations of approving payments to whistleblowers. Although Malami and Ahmed shunned the committee and refused to show up, the former has now agreed to face the lawmakers on Thursday, the 27th of April. Meanwhile, the World Bank has said that Nigeria's fiscal and debt pressures will increase if the petrol subsidies not phased out in June. In a report on Sunday, the 23rd, the financial institution said that the oil price previously supported the Nigerian economy, but the situation has changed since 2021. Now, this report comes a few days after the federal government said it would end the petrol subsidy payments by June and that it would disperse the sum of $800 million secured from the World Bank to low-income Nigerians as part of its plans to mitigate the effects of subsidy removal on the most vulnerable population in the country. Now, in other news, Bola Tinubu, the president-elect, has returned to the country after spending one month abroad. Tinubu arrived in Nigeria on Monday the 25th at the Ndami Azikwe International Airport in Abuja. The president-elect had been traveling out of the country since the 18th of March gubernatorial election. Tunde Raman, a media aide to Tanubu, said he departed from Lagos for Paris to rest and prepare for a lesser hajj in Saudi Arabia and a Ramadan fasting, and to also plan for his transition to program into the presidency. This trip elicited speculation and controversy about the state of health of the president-elect. Speaking to a crowd of supporters who welcomed him at the airport, Tanubu said he is refreshed and ready for the task ahead of him and asked Nigerians to ignore the swirling rumors. Tanubu is expected to be sworn in as Nigeria's president to succeed President Buhari, who would be competing his term of eight years. Femi Otedwala, 
the chairman of Giragu Power and one of the richest men in Nigeria and Africa, has confirmed his accusation of an around 5.5% stake in Transcorp. Uh, the development makes the billionaire businessman the second largest stakeholder of the company. Recently, there have been reports that the, that the acquisition was completed between an entity owned by Otadola and the Asset Management Corporation of Nigeria, or AMCON. However, confirming the completion of a deal in a tweet on Monday the 24th, Otadola said that he looked forward to working with the board of management of Transcorp to elevate the company to greater heights. The acquisition further places Otadola above Tony Mumu, the chairman of Transcorp, and the United Bank of Africa who owns a 2% stake in the company. In Lagos State, buildings have been collapsing. On Sunday the 23rd, a three-story building in the Apapa area of the state collapsed. The building, which was under construction, was said to have collapsed following a thunderstrike. Officials with the Lagos State Building Control Agency have sealed the building. A volunteer with the Nigerian Security and Civil Defense Corps said that no casualty was recorded in the incident. The collapse happened a day after Babajini Sanwolu, Governor of Lagos visited another collapsed site of a seven-story building on Banana Island, which recorded one death. According to Sanwa Olu, there have been almost similar occurrences in recent months, so investigations will be carried out. He blamed the federal government for giving unauthorized land ownership and building permits to residents without first consulting with the Lagos State Department of Urban and Regional Planning. Now, the National Stadium in Lagos State has also suffered the same fate. Although in this case it was not the whole stadium, the federal government still ordered the temporary closure following the collapse of a floodlight mast. On Saturday the 22nd, Sunday Dare, Minister of Sports and Youth Development inspected the vicinity where the floodlight mast collapsed and said that it was necessary to shut down the whole stadium to avert any unforeseen circumstances, especially given the recent trend of collapses in the state. Speaking of houses, the Economic and Financial Crimes Commission, best known as EFCC, has said that the commission is now focusing its searchlight on fraudsters who use real estate to launder money. Now, on Saturday the 22nd, Chris Michella, a lawyer of the EFCC, said that many estates springing up in the country, especially in Abuja, are billed with illicit funds. He said that even through the law doesn't allow for the EFCC to look into real estate, the new Money Laundering Act has provided an opening for the government to look into the aspect of real estate, and that investigation was ongoing. Meanwhile, Festus Kayabu, Minister of State for Labor and Employment has been under fire for the authenticity of his United States home. The Nigerian law does not allow public officials to operate foreign bank accounts that would be needed to purchase a foreign home. On Thursday the 20th, the minister posted a video of him having a vacation in his home abroad. This video elicited reactions and claims accusing him of acquiring a house for over $300,000 shortly after he was appointed minister in 2019. In a statement on Sunday the 23rd, Kayoba said that he acquired all his property in the country and abroad legally. He said that the funds for some savings said he made as a private legal practitioner and a property investor over decades, which he did not want lying idly in his bank account. Kayoba said that it was laughable to suggest that he could not afford a modest property after 30 years of hard work. In response, Frank Shaibu, an aide to Ataku Bukabar, presidential candidate of the People's Democratic Party, Derek Kayama to publish his assets declaration for. Now that's it for this week. Remember to buy our 100% unbleached organic cotton grown again in Texas, spun and knit in the Carolinas, sewn and printed in Missouri t-shirts. The most environmentally friendly new t-shirt you'll own. To get one, check the link in the show notes. Ciao.